It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now pushing the limits, here's Brian Shapiro. What's up, fellow buffoons, PTL listeners? Thank you so much for joining us. On a hump day Wednesday, we made it to the middle of the week. Thank you so much for joining us on the FMAM dial and, of course, all social media platforms, including TikTok, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, we're doing it, except Truth Social. I think that's the only social media platform I refuse to do. Anyway, welcome to the show. We'll get to that Trump stuff later in this big, huge press conference that the Orange Turd is going to be holding on Monday morning. Boy, I can't wait for that. I'm sure it's going to be earth-shattering, just like that uh, My Pillow Idiots Symposium. Yeah, I can't wait. That'll be fun. We'll get to that. I am excited to say that that Henderson Little League team uh, is now in the World Series, and they're playing right now. There's only 10 teams left, so we'll update you throughout the show on that score in that game. And uh, coming up here at the bottom of the hour, we're going to start with some local politics at the bottom of the hour and then go to the national politics. But uh, William Hochstetler, he ran for a U.S. Senate as a Republican here representing the state of Nevada. Uh, we're going to be talking to him about, I know he's got some strong opinions on Sam Brown, who's running for office. Uh, Sam Brown uh, may have broken the law. Sam Brown may have misappropriated campaign funds. We're going to talk about that with the uh, Bill Hochstedler coming up here at the bottom of the hour as he will join us in studio. I normally never start with sports, and I certainly normally never start the show with the Aces. All due respect to the Aces. But I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that game last night was was really bad. And uh, if you don't know, our WNBA team, the Las Vegas Aces, was in action yesterday. They were in action against the what I thought was the second best team of the WNBA. I'm going to tell you why I was wrong. Um, but... Uh, just here in just a few minutes, in about five minutes or so, we're going to be joined by, um, she's known as the sports niece, Cassandra Cousineau, does a great job with LVSportsBiz.com, but uh, we're going to talk a little aces with her. But I got to tell you, folks, I thought the aces were going to take care of business last night after losing by 38 to the New York Liberty in, in, in New York a few weeks ago. I got to tell you, the best team in the WNBA is not the Las Vegas Aces. It's the New York Liberty. Basketball is a game of matchups. This is a horrible matchup for the Aces. And I understand when you get Candace Parker back, that's going to be a big help because she's a big body. The New York Liberty are a better basketball team. And they proved it last night. The game in New York was not a fluke. And it's a really, really bad matchup for the Aces because the Liberty are so big and strong and physical and Asia Wilson, I mean, I'm just going to go through the list here because I don't want to single anybody out, but Asia Wilson was terrible. She was 2 of 10, and you got to give the Liberty a lot of credit because every single time Asia Wilson touched the ball, she was getting double teamed and she looked uncomfortable the entire game. Uh, you can't have your alleged MVP. I mean, it's it's obviously between her um, and Brianna Stewart for the MVP in the WNBA. You can't get your MVP top two player in the league going 2 for 10 and scoring nine points. Stokes, I'm just going to go through the list here, and I'm going to say things on this show that I guarantee you other people that cover the Aces will never say. Uh, Stokes is terrible. She's just terrible. She's an offensive liability. She can't catch the ball, and she certainly didn't do the job on defense yesterday or rebound. Stokes is a liability, and she's terrible. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I'm not, I'm not 
not personal here. I'm just talking basketball. Stokes is terrible, and she's an offensive liability. Chelsea Gray did not have a good game by her standard. She was 6 of 14, 15 points, but she was better than just about everybody else. Kelsey Plum was horrible. She couldn't make a shot yesterday. She was 2 for 6 from 3, and you know there was one possession where I think she missed three threes in a row. Uh, she couldn't make a shot. Uh, again, Young was terrible. She was seven for 19, two for eight from three. The entire team was terrible from three. You want to talk about terrible. Clark was 0 for five from three, two for eight from the field. In 26 minutes, she had four points. Terrible. Uh, and, and by the way, Clark was the one for a portion of the game that had to guard Brianna Stewart. You want to talk about an absolute mismatch. You know, Bell didn't do anything in 11 minutes. She, she missed one shot. Um, the Aces bench is, is is terrible. I mean, what do you want me to say? It's not a good bench. By standards of the entire WNBA, sure, they're, they're a really good team. They are not the best team in the WNBA. They are not. The New York Liberty, Liberty proved that the game in New York wasn't a fluke, but they're, they're more physical. They push the Aces around. Yes, I do believe Candace Parker, when she is healthy, will make a difference, but I don't think it'll be enough. I mean, I, I I don't understand it if people still think the Aces should be the favorite to win the WNBA championship. I'm not saying they're not going to, but I got to tell you right now, the way I see it, the New York Liberty are the team to beat, and I know they got another game tomorrow. Maybe I'm being a little bit too hard on the Aces, but I don't think they're going to have any answers for this team. Brianna Stewart was four for 16 from the field, and yet the Liberty still won by 19 points. That is a serious concern. This isn't just one game and you throw it out. If you wanted to do that in New York, that's fine. But, you know, I'm, I'm starting the show today talking the Aces because this was a big deal yesterday. This was a big deal. In front of the home crowd, close to a sellout crowd, a game on national TV, and they were playing for a lot of money, too. Every player got, uh, you know, it's $30,000 if you want. I think the losing team got 5000 per player. Uh, that's a lot of money for all of these players that are not on million-dollar contracts. The New York Liberty have the best shooter on the floor. Um, no question, Sabrina Genescu is the best shooter on the floor. And the New York Liberty have the best player on the floor, Brianna Stewart. Again, she didn't have a good game yesterday. And again, Becky Hammond is getting paid a lot of money, and this is why she gets paid the big bucks. I'm sure she'll make some adjustments. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Aces won tomorrow. That wouldn't surprise me one bit. The New York Liberty are a better basketball team. The Aces should not be the favorite to win the WNBA title. Maybe they still are. I haven't looked at the odds. I haven't looked if they've adjusted the odds. But I can tell you right now, from a basketball standpoint, standpoint the Aces have no answer. They have to shoot lights out to beat this New York Liberty team. They're too good defensively. They're too physical. They're too big. And they're extremely well coached. And I'm not saying the Aces are not well coached. I just don't think they have enough underneath the basket to be able to beat the New York Liberty in a seven-game series. And watching it firsthand yesterday, to me, proved everything I needed to know about this Liberty team and about this Aces team. You know, and it's, um, it is what it is. It is what it is. But it was extremely disappointing. Not just the fact that the Aces lost yesterday, but they didn't compete in the second half. I mean, they scored 
15 points in the fourth quarter. They scored 14 points in the third quarter. They scored 11 points in the first quarter. That's really bad, especially on your home floor. Uh, did they miss some easy shots? Sure they did. But that's not the only reason why they lost the game. They were destroyed on the glass. Uh, and from a physical standpoint, the New York Liberty won pretty much every battle. So look, um, I'm hopeful that these two teams meet in the WNBA Finals. I am. I'm hopeful. And I'm pretty confident they will. But I'm not confident the Aces are going to beat this game in a seven, uh, beat this team in a seven game series. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just not. Based on what I saw yesterday, based on what I saw in New York, watching this team play in person, they're just too physical for the Aces. They're too good and they're too physical. We're going to have to wait and see what happens. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Aces won on Thursday, but I also wouldn't be surprised if the Liberty won on Thursday either. And when you look at the uh, the record of this New York Liberty team, it at least appears to me that when it's all said and done, I, I think the Liberty might even have a better record at the end of the year than the Aces do. The, you need Candace Parker out there, right? I mean, there, there's no question about, about that. You need Candace Parker out there on the floor, a big body. Um, but, you know, this is why you play the games, right? This is why you play the games. I'm a big basketball fan. And, you know, I'm excited that uh, the college basketball season coming up right around the corner. Kevin Kruger's team, uh, some higher expectations for UNLV, uh, you know, more than usual anyway. And, uh, you know, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the UNLV fo football season right around the corner. And listen, this WNBA season is midway. Got to get Candace Parker back, but uh, it's fun. It's fun watching, um, you know, Hall of Fame players on the floor. And this is the first time I've watched Sabrina play in person. Boy, she's really good. She makes tough shots. She's an unbelievable shooter, unbelievable coordination. She's, she's a lot of fun to watch. And as I mentioned, Brianna Stewart did not have her best game yesterday. And that to me, that's what really concerns me. Uh, Stewart did not play very well. You know, she only had 13 points. She was 4 of 16 from the field. Uh, really, uh, both teams didn't shoot great. But when your stars go 2 for 10, 4 for 11, 7 for 19, that, that just can't happen. It just can't happen. And throughout the first half of the season... And I was one of them. I'll be honest with you. I was one of them that said, listen, the only team that can compete with the Aces, I said, is New York Liberty. But I always said the Aces were the team to beat. Not saying that anymore. The New York Liberty are the best team in the WNBA. They are the team to beat. Now the Aces are right behind them. No question. The New York Liberty are right now. Now this could change in a month. But right now the New York Liberty are, are the best team. They are the team to beat. They are better than the Las Vegas Aces. They will beat them in a seven-game series. Uh, and as, and as I've said before, you know, Candace Parker, you know, her getting back in the lineup, um, will be a big deal. There's no question about that. Uh, she's a big body. 
good defender. But um, you know, I I thought I thought uh, the game in New York would be a wake up call for the Aces. I was wrong. I was wrong. It's amazing to me though because there's like no parity in the WNBA. You got two teams and everybody else looking. I, I don't think there's much of a chance unless barring some crazy injuries. I don't think there's much of a chance of uh, any other team making it to the WNBA finals other than the New York Liberty and the Las Vegas Aces. Hey, it was a great crowd. You know, it was a good crowd, great atmosphere. It was a lot of fun. I don't understand this cup that they do in the middle of the season. It's really weird. I don't really I don't really understand it. I don't I don't know why they do it. it. It doesn't really make much sense to me, but you know, it is what it is. I feel like that's what the NBA is going for with this in-season tournament. Same thing. Yeah, but they do it very differently, you know, but uh yeah, um in, in a way but I think what the NBA is doing is going to be a much bigger deal. I mean, it's basically the same thing. Yeah. If you think about it, they're doing all the teams and they're taking... To an extent. Yeah, to an extent. I think what the NBA is doing is going to gain a lot more popularity, though. Well, yeah. Yeah, and we don't have a team here yet. All right. So uh, let's introduce my guest to talk a little Aces basketball and maybe a little boxing as well. Always love having the sports nista on. Cassandra Cousineau joining us from LVSportsBiz.com. Always does a great job. I caught up with her at the game yesterday. Cassandra, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Hello. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. All right. So the first five minutes I've been railing on the Aces a little bit. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been a little tough on them. I I, I thought you got to give a lot of credit to the Liberty, of course, which I am. I think the Liberty now are the team to beat. I think they're the best team in the WNBA. I think this is a horrific matchup for the Aces. And I just think they can't match their physicality. A rebounding defense uh, in the paint. I don't know. Even with Candace Parker, I, I don't think they beat the New York Liberty in a seven-game series. Am I being too tough on the Aces? Do you disagree? Well, I think, listen, this is a professional sports team, so I don't think you're being too tough on them. I think the numbers actually support what you're saying. However, I'm going to go back to the preseason when um, people were talking about super teams and you had Brianna Stewart being added to New York, John Paul Jones, and then Vandersloot, and then, of course, they had Sabrina Ionescu. Am I, is there like a reverb? Uh, not on our end. Uh, <laughs> we fixed it. Okay. I'm keep okay. Going. I think we're good. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so, but then the Aces added, of course, Candace Parker to their already championship lineup and Alicia Clark um, joining as well. But they also had Rekrina Williams, who is a significant contributor mm-hmm. um, off the bench in terms of scoring power. So there's only one super team in the WNBA right now, and that is the New York Liberty. Mm-hmm. And it is a horrific matchup in a series for the Las Vegas Aces, not just because of who they start. It's because of the shallow bench. And I think it's actually a flaw of Becky Hammond's coaching style. And her philosophy. She has always played seven, sometimes eight, but mostly seven. And this is now coming back to bite her in that they have not really developed that bench to an extent where they have a playing style um, after um, any of those starters go out. And on the other side, the New York Liberty is deep. They are deep. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. And I was just talking about the bench on the aces or lack thereof. 
And, you know, you saw, as I did, how tired they looked in the fourth quarter, right? I mean, they scored, I believe, 15 points in the fourth quarter. It seemed like, uh, Cassandra... They had, like, five rebounds in the whole second half right, of the game. which is absurd. I, I, you know, Becky Hammond talked about that yesterday after the game. That was absurd. A lot of players with their hands on their knees. It seemed like a lot of their shots were short. Um, and, I, and I look at some of these shooting performances. You want to talk about abysmal. Listen, Asia Wilson's a great player, right? It's between her and Brianna Stewart, who's the most valuable player but and by the way Brianna Stewart didn't have a great offensive game either going four for 16 yesterday but Asia Wilson was two for 10 she scored nine points and a lot of that is due to the liberty right there's no question about that but if there's one part where of the game where Asia Wilson at times struggles it's the physicality of the game and and this New York Liberty team is so physical they just push this team around that offense starts on the defense and the defensive effort has really been lacking for the Las Vegas Aces in the past 10 games. Now, they have had some significant, uh, well, that's it. They've, they've lost Parker. They've had some injuries um, after the all-star break uh, as well. But also think about this. This team has everything they need at home. They have this beautiful facility where they can actually and get what they need to actually stay well. Um, throughout the season that no other team in the W has uh, right now. But, you know, Brianna Stewart was neutralized. I think Asia and Brianna actually neutralize each other. Um, the difference maker is John Paul Jones mm-hmm. for the New York Liberty and Kia Stokes. They don't even guard Kia Stokes. They yeah. straight up disrespect her. So Becky and her, her uh, coaching staff need to figure out how to scheme better yeah. uh, for Kia. But the Aces got good looks. It's not like, you know, they were just shut down. They It did not go down for them. They shot yep. 30%. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, you know, Stokes, to me, all due respect, she's an offensive liability. Uh, she struggles to catch the basketball. She can't make shots. At times... She is a decent defender, but she did not rebound yesterday, and I, I just thought she was a big liability for them. Well, yesterday. nobody rebounded yesterday. That's true. She's not the only one. You're absolutely right about that. They but, need to take that personal. So I agree with you, but when you can't score, you better do the other things, and she didn't yeah. rebound or play defense either, but I agree with you. Clark was terrible. She was 0 for 5 from 3. The whole team didn't shoot the ball very well. And she was in foul trouble. Yeah. I mean, she didn't defend well. Uh, she couldn't make shots. Which is what she does. Right. They brought her there as a defensive specialist. She does have the back issue. Listen, every team is banged up right now. Mm-hmm. Every team yeah. is dealing with injuries. The Aces have, coming up next, the Liberty, the Sparks, Atlanta, Chicago, and D.C. Four of those games, they should win. <laughs> you would Thursday think. night uh, yeah. against the Liberty um, is now just a toss-up. But think about two of their losses were like, well, three now were actually beatdowns. Yeah, that's concerning, isn't it? You know what else is concerning to me, Cassandra? What's really concerning to me is that their best player, Brianna Stewart, had a bad offensive game yesterday, and they still destroyed them by 19 points. She's played, she hasn't played well against the Aces all season. I agree. And another thing is, yeah, I agree. Tell me if you... Bench players and Ionescu getting hot, Xander Sloot getting hot. The scoring has been missing. I agree. I, tell me if you disagree with this or not. 
I mean, I just think the best player on the floor as a whole is probably Brianna Stewart, and the best shooter on the floor is not on the Las Vegas Aces. You mentioned it, Sabrina. She is an unbelievable shooter. I've never watched her play in person, actually. It was my first time watching her play in person yesterday. She made some shots yesterday, and listen, she only shot the ball 4 of 14, so she didn't shoot the ball very well either, but some of the acrobatic shots she made in the second half were incredible. I think if you're the Aces, you have to look. at Liberty have the best player, and in my opinion, the best shooter. Um, and I believe the New York Liberty should be the favorites right now to win the WNBA championship. The odds probably won't say that, but I disagree with that. I think the Liberty are the team to beat. I think we will see the odds actually switch to the Liberty's favor, especially let's see what happens on Thursday. However, I do disagree that um, Brianna Stewart is the best player on the floor. I, I still believe that is Asia Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best shooter in this series has been Ionescu. Mm-hmm. But I think the best shooter on the floor is actually Vandersloot. Yeah, that that could you could absolutely make that argument. The only reason why I say Brianna Stewart, and, and listen, we all know how great of a player Asia Wilson is. I just feel like Stewart is better physically. And when you talk about the playoffs and you talk about the most meaningful of games, even though Stewart had a poor offensive game, she still was much more impactful in the game than Asia Wilson was. She was rebounding, she was affecting shots on defense. And and that's that's you could make the argument for Asia Wilson. I, I could totally understand. She's that. twice the defensive player of the year. I, I mean, right. her physicality has been noted right. um, throughout her five year right. uh, career in the W. So I still think she's the best player. She has not been outplayed by Brianna Stewart. Not in this when they go head to head. No, mm-hmm. but Asia is also having to defend Brianna and John Paul Jones. Right. Um, no one else in this series having to defend that level of talent on mm-hmm. either side, except for Asia Wilson. Do you think, though, this will affect the MVP voting? Uh, because right now it's between those two. Do you think Stewart yeah. will get the nod or do you think it's still I be- think so. Um, not so much because I think Stewie is a better player. It's because her team has been victorious in emphatic yeah. In fashion. Yeah. Um, they have really. Um, game that they played where I don't Jones was not available. Brianna was injured. Um, they have really showed up against yeah. the aces and been dominant to the extent that the, the aces better hope that somebody else in the Eastern conference takes mm-hmm. out uh, the New York Liberty before they have to play them. If yes. uh, Las Vegas gets to the finals, which yes. they should. Yes. But, you know, we'll see what everything is possible. That is true. I think we both agree though, that uh, this is not a good matchup for the Las Vegas aces. All right, let's quickly talk about the game tomorrow. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if the Las Vegas aces won. also wouldn't surprise me if the Liberty, win this basketball game tomorrow. Uh, I think, uh, in my personal opinion, this is a more important game for the Aces. I mean, you've lost to this team twice now. You've gotten blown out twice. You're playing on your home floor. You have a chance to somewhat redeem yourself. I think this is a game where the Las Vegas Aces, it's more important for them, and they need to say, okay, we need to prove that we can beat this basketball team. This is a mental game, and the playoffs is just as much mental as it is physical Mm -hmm. because you have to be able to think and then overcome adversity. Um, They have to prove to themselves that they can do it before the actual – WNBA finals should they meet there. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yesterday's loss is tough because they lost a whole lot of money. Um, and it was a huge playoff atmosphere mm-hmm. there. The whole WNBA league, I think that stabbed 
the WNBA must have sent everybody from their New York office to Las Vegas. Hmm. I was like, what are all y'all doing? As a matter of fact, I mean, it was, it was overkill. way too many of them um, sitting there and they didn't send one female ref either. Um, you know, on the crew, how do you not do that? Kathy Underberg. That is um, interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. You bring that up. Cause I was talking about that to a couple friends of mine uh, in the media that I was sitting next to. There are very good and very capable female officials, not just in the WNBA, but in the NBA and, and in college basketball. I did find that kind of interesting. Listen, I thought the officials did a good job yesterday. Uh, which got a, got a little out of control at, at some point. They weren't the worst. It wasn't the best. But yeah. my point is you can't find one. I yeah. think this is a marquee matchup of the season. It's the Commissioner's Cup. Yeah. You are the WNBA. <laughs> I think that's a very valid point you're bringing up. I don't disagree with you at all. And like I said, I brought that up in the first half yesterday. I said, why do we not have one? I've seen some very good female officials. Uh, I've seen some bad male officials, some good male officials and, and vice versa. With, with, But they have some good officials in the WNBA, of course, that are women. And I do. Fi- I did find that a little strange. And I also agree with you that why are you bringing all these people from New York out here? It didn't. It's one game. I mean, I, I didn't really understand that at all. Uh, what do you think happens on Thursday night? What's your prediction? I don't know. Um, it's going to be the same team. Yeah. So the Aces will shoot better. Asia Wilson will have a better game. But I also do strongly feel that the New York Liberty have their number. Mm. They have their number. Their bench is deep. And it's going to be up to their big three, Asia, Chelsea, Kelsey, and then, of course, Jackie Young coming in there to really handle business on the scoring side of the ball and to take the defensive assignments personally. They need to like, that team needs some dog in them right now. They do. They need some dog in them right now. I agree. And this is why they pay Becky Hammond the big bucks. I don't know what adjustments she can make, but but we'll have to wait and see. Well, Uh, defense, that's effort. Four rebounds in, in the second half. Agree. That's effort. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I thought the effort wasn't there. They looked lethargic to start the game. I thought their big opportunity was when uh, the Liberty couldn't make a shot to start the game. Yeah. The Aces had an opportunity to, to maybe grab a, a double-digit lead if they made a couple, made some shots, and they weren't able to do that. I thought they lost a big there opportunity. There was no scoring for three minutes. Right, Nobody right. scored. Right, and <laughs> maybe a little bit of that is nerves, but when you're on your home court, you have to take advantage of the fact that the Liberty, yeah. were, you know, and, and they weren't able to do that. They weren't able to get right. out to that lead, and, and I thought that was a big deal as well. Uh, before we let you go, uh, I, I certainly want to get you back on to kind of preview this Canelo fight coming up here in Las Vegas. But uh, I know you were at the fight uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, that had to be a lot of fun. Uh, the sport of boxing is in a pretty good place right now, is it not? Although today's there's some weird boxing news uh, today uh, involving a female undisputed champion, um, Alicia Baumgartner has allegedly uh, tested positive for some banned uh, substances. We're not good. On the uh, sanctioning bodies to actually weigh in, but uh, not good. Yeah, that have actually cited uh, Matchroom has uh, put out a statement. It'd be a real shame um, if this turns out to be true. But boxing as a whole has had a better year, perhaps the best in a in a decade. And what's interesting about that is the heavyweight division has been terrible this year. Tyson wow. Fury is holding up a whole division going to Saudi Arabia to fight M- uh, an MMA star in Francis Ngannou. It's stupid. Yeah. But uh, boxing as a whole has had a phenomenal run uh, the past 
four weeks, we've had Inoue, uh, we've had uh, Navarrete recently, and Terrence Crawford Mann, who cemented himself as uh, the best of his generation just mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago here in Las Vegas. Yeah, the last good heavyweight fight I watched in person was the Fury Wilder fight. That was an, that was a really fun fight to watch yeah. as far as the heavyweights go, and uh, haven't seen something anywhere near close to that in the heavyweight division since. Yeah. Uh, Cassandra, it's yeah. always it is always a pleasure having you on. You do a great job for LBSportsBiz.com. Please tell uh, my friend Alan Snell I said hello and. We would love to have you on again uh, to preview this uh, Canelo fight as we get a little closer, if that's okay with you. Let's talk about it. I love it. have a good rest of your week. Thanks for joining us, Cassandra. Much appreciated. Uh, Always love having her on. Cassandra Cousineau uh, joining us. um, And uh, she does a great job for LBSportsBiz.com covering all the local sports here, whether it be the Aces or boxing fights. Uh, I do have an update on this score that maybe some people here, uh, the Little League fans, I'm one of them. Um, maybe maybe Chris Wynn bet on Henderson. I don't know. But, uh, well, it's listen, not a big deal. But Henderson not off to a good start. They're down 1-0 against Rhode Island, as Numchuck just gave me the uh, update. But we're very early. We're at the top of the second inning. So we're very, very early. This team can score. Thank you for that update. And we'll continue to update you on this score. As I, we're only in the top of the second inning. we got a long way to go in this game. All right. Some of you might be wondering, wait, Brian, are you turning into a WNBA show? No, I'm not. Uh, we are going to get to the politics side of things now. P- appreciate uh, Cassandra coming on. She's awesome. Uh, well, a friend of mine, a guy who ran for office as a senator, as a Republican, his name is William Hochstedler. He's going to be joining us in studio next. We're going to be talking a little bit about Sam Brown. Why? Not for good reason. Sam Brown seems to be in a little bit of trouble. He's running for office again. He's a uh, Senate candidate here. And, uh, well, apparently he created this political action committee and misappropriating funds campaign contributions and funds. We're going to talk about that with Mr. Hochstedler joining us next. Take a quick break. Be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub? And you can be a hero. Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. 
Sapphire Pool and Day Club, the world's only topless gentleman's day club, introduces its 2023 pool season lineup with a bevy of beauties and social media celebrities throughout the summer who will all host alongside hundreds of Sapphire's topless poolside entertainers. Enjoy brunch in the sun with items like frittata-style omelets, stripping chicken, and French kiss toast before washing it down with signature summertime cocktails. Ten lines, beware, go bear! Ladies are welcome to go topless within the day club for the ultimate party. Guests can purchase affordable day bed packages, cabana packages, lounge chairs, and more. The best part, though? Pushing the Limits will be broadcasting shows every other Friday throughout the pool season with a ton of surprise celebrity guests. Wow! Reserve your spot now. For more info, visit sapphirepoollv.com or call 702-869-0003. That's 702-869-0003. See you at Sapphire. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment, and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement, and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. back it is pushing the limits on a wednesday thank you so much for joining us i'll tell you guys about my good friend blake Wynn, his grandfather the former governor of the great state of nevada keller williams if you're thinking of buying or selling a home what better person who's lived here his entire life very successful he helped my family in their search for a place to live and and he'll help you again thinking of buying or selling a home even if you're not sure if you're going to do it or not please give him a call Blake Gwynn from Keller Williams, 702-540-3311. Again, that number one more time. Blake Gwynn with Keller Williams, 702-540-3311. All right. More controversy within the Republican Party. Wow, what a shocker. Now we have, uh, you know, Donald Trump is fourth indictment facing 91 
possible crimes that he has committed. And, you know, I'm on CNN yesterday, and now this Sam Brown story has come up. Nevada Republican Senate candidate Sam Brown uh, apparently created a political action committee to help elect Republicans, but most of its funds were spent paying down debt from his failed previous campaign. The group donated less than 7% of its funds to the candidates. It was set up to support, according to campaign finance record, a move one campaign finance expert likened to using the PAC as a slush fund. That is a no-no and could be against the law. And and to talk about this and and many other topics uh, facing the Republican Party, uh, he's going to have a lot to talk about. He's William Hochstedler. Uh, He ran for U.S. Senate uh, as a Republican here, and he joins us live in in, in studio. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Uh, Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. So this is not good news for Sam Brown. This is not a good thing for Republicans. But uh, go go a little bit more into detail of what you can tell me about this story. Do I have it right? It sounds like you have it correct. And for your listeners, let me tell them the exact exact title of the story and who it's written by. It's written okay. by a lady by the name of Abby Turner mm-hmm. and also Andrew Krasinski with CNN. The title of it is Nevada GOP Candidates Raised Money to Help Other Candidates. The funds mostly paid down the campaign's debt instead. So it, it, what you said is sounds accurate from what we're, we're understanding. Allegedly, the funds that he raised weren't necessarily designed to help the other candidates. Um, he gave a, 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 almost as small a donation as he could to the other candidates as possible. He could have given up to $5,000, but I think he chose the alternative is to give a smaller amount and then ingratiate himself to get his own campaign paid back. Mm-hmm. He may have used his own personal funds for the campaign, or maybe he took out a loan. Um, you know, I did, I did the same thing. I took out, uh, personal funds to pay, to pay into the campaign and, and I still have that debt. Mm-hmm. But I did not change my, my, uh, filing number nor the name of my organization, nor did I start a pack and then assume that people would give money to me for the pack and then have it used to pay down my own campaign you debt. You know, you know what's really unfortunate, Bill, is like, you know, there are candidates locally, people that I don't like, people that I would never vote for, but, I still respect their service to this country. Yeah, like absolutely, even a guy like Sam Peters, who who uh, I don't like him personally, and I don't think he's a very nice person. But I respect his service to this country. Mark Robertson, who's been in studio before, we got into a heated debate. Don't like the guy personally. Would never vote for him, but he's still a hero. He served this country honorably, and I will say that about anybody, even Sam Brown. And I look at look at Sam Brown. Look at the injuries that he suffered. Look at what he did. He risked his life for this country. I will always call him a hero for that. But that doesn't mean, and I think you will agree with me in what I'm about to say, just because you serve this country doesn't mean that you can break the law and doesn't mean that you're not open to criticism. And it appears as though Sam Brown broke the law and he should be open to criticism. You agree? He should be open and there should be some accountability to this for his constituents. The people of Nevada that are are possibly going to vote for this guy need to know the truth. We only want the truth when it comes to our elected officials. And now we have people that with, with credibility, you know, coming up with new names. And I'm not a big name guy. You know, I've always faulted Donald Trump for calling people names. I've always believed in uh, civility and decorum. But, you know, we got people coming down with the down with Brown or Brown or Brown the clown. Or now the new one I heard yesterday was scam Brown. So you got these titles coming out. It hurts the label, the Republican label, to have anybody in the party get those labels attached to them for the things that they've allegedly done. And, and so I had, I have a couple of things. I have a prepared statement that's more in the national scene for what's wrong with the Republican Party. But something else I kind of wrote up, just going to look at my notes here, is, uh, um, you know, ask yourself, do we need a theoretical leader who would dupe his contributors? Brown is satisfied being a tool to fundraise for the NRSC, which is the National Republican Senate Committee. 
and uh, and slice and dice it in a way that would make the most accurate accountant or investigation team mm-hmm. be be so confused that they wouldn't be able to figure out the complexity of the setup. And he he came up with a very complex scheme to do this, and then you know so. I'm basically saying don't buy the spin that he's not a politician. He's actually a politician now. He's learned from the best. He's learned from the Republican Party yeah. how to do things to not not necessarily serve the people, but to serve themselves. And so, you know, he claims he's not a politician. Do you want somebody that actually says they're not a politician, but they've been doing this for nine years since 2014? And, and you know, he's, he's certainly, you know, learned the tricks and tri- tricks and tips of the best in the Republican Party. And we're growing weary, weary yeah. of it. Normal people, uh, reasonable people, have grown weary of this type of activity. And so we don't want the trickery or the dishonesty in the United States Senate. Mm-hmm. We have better qualified candidates. You've had some in this office already mm-hmm. in interviews. Some mm-hmm. some are probably better than others. Yep. But but certainly some of these are probably more ethical and honest than Sam Brown is sure. at this point. And, I, you know, I, I, I read some of Sam Brown's comments, which I find fascinating. First of all, He says, with your support, we will defeat the socialist Democrats, which is such a generic, ridiculous statement to make, calling all Democrats socialists, which is absurd. And then it's interesting. He says, help elect Republicans who believe in accountability, (laughs) which is so laughable because what what about his own campaign and and basically stealing money? And then you want to talk about Republican account, you know, uh, Republicans who believe in accountability. Look at all the Republicans out there that call it a two-tier justice system. They don't think Donald Trump should be charged with a crime. I mean, it's so pathetic. Yeah. Sam Brown is pathetic. So, so Sam Brown has basically become a tool of the NRSC because he's got the scars, he's got the emotional attachment to him. He's a hero, no doubt, but he's got this attachment to him that make people feel sympathy or that they need to vote for him. Look at the poor guy. You know, we got to do something for him. Well, I know Sam. I know Sam Brown needs a job, and I know that's a terrible thing to say. He needs a job. It's a good paying job being a senator. No, no doubt, right? More money than most people normally sure. make in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um, so. From the, from that aspect, he's being used by the NRC to to raise money. They, S- Steve Daines knows he's not going to win against Jackie Rosen. I mean, Jackie Rosen is a, is a nice person. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's corrupt. I don't think she's done anything wrong. I don't agree with everything she's voted on. And it, the only thing they can say is that he goes she goes right down the Biden agenda. Right. Well, Biden doesn't do everything wrong either. People slam Biden for stuff. He's actually, uh, from all accounts, a pretty nice guy who does things differently than than the Republicans want. Remember, the Republicans are all about grievance politics. I'm a Republican, and 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 but I'm a different Republican than we have now. I'm from the older generation. I'm 61 right. years old. Mm-hmm. I believe in the things like, uh, you know, Reagan Republican and, and, and further back than that. I was raised differently at a different time, and I believe I'm considered more of a moderate. Well, right now, the party doesn't want moderates. They don't want guys like me. They don't want smart guys like me. But you got people like Danes. I'm assuming they vetted this guy. They probably vetted his ability to raise money based on, on his appearances. And the thing, and the, it's not even the things he says. He doesn't speak well. He's very mealy-mouthed when he talks. He, he doesn't only talk, do a lot of interviews either. He, he, he won't do interviews. He won't come on your show. I guarantee no. you that. Yeah. Um, he, he doesn't be, want to be in conflict with him. He won't debate anybody. Um, I think they're going to be coming out with chicken suits now for the next uh, mm-hmm. political things. And any, anything he goes through, there'll be a chicken suit that he won't debate. I'm not in this race, by the way, guys. I'm just telling you how I see things and what I've been told. I think I think he's a, a weak candidate with no life experience who's running on his scars. I, a little slogan: there, he's just running on his scars. And I know I, I know I'm going to get hate mail for that, but this guy 
is incredibly lacking compared to the other candidates that we have in this race. Yeah. And we need our best candidates to go up against Jackie Rosen. Even they are going to have a tough time. Sam Brown sp- spent a majority of his introduction into, you know, going into the next Senate race talking about Jackie Rosen, Jackie Rosen, mentioned her name seven times. She had nothing to do with inflation. That's a worldwide problem. What makes you think that okay. Jackie Rosen caused our inflation? Yeah. And how in the hell is Jackie it's a Rosen going talking to, point. How is she going to fix it? She can't, and neither can Sam Brown. Right. All we can do is work collectively to make things better in the world. And, and make it a better I agree. Place. That's a right-wing talking point. But let's talk yeah. about, you know, local politics in general and some of the – listen, there are some good Republicans, some that I have voted for in, in, in this city and in this state. Now, I'm not suggesting that every Republican's bad or – you know, right. but but some of the names that come to mind, people that are running for office, whether it be Sam Brown or an Adam Laxalt, whether it be a Jim Marchant, who I think is a Looney Tune nut job, or Seagal Chata, who I, I, in my opinion is a disgraceful human being – uh, Michelle Fiore, who I think you know my opinions about her. I just think she's an awful person. Michael McDonald, who is the chair of the Republican Party. And when questioned by the FBI, did you have anything to do with this uh, fake electorate scheme? He pleaded the fifth. Mm-hmm. And this is the leader of the Republican Party. I mean, I mean, Bill, it's, it's, it's absurd. Some of the leadership you have among Republicans in this state. But now some of the Republicans who believed in Michael McDonald view him as a turncoat. And, and, and because he now is given limited immunity for right. some of his testimony to right. help do, you know, handle some of the bigger crimes that happen. And we've already seen what's been going on with the indictments. So. You know, I don't know if he's liked or hated. I have no idea. I think um, most people don't like him, uh, but I can tell you this. He's corrupt. He's the definition of corruption. He has no moral compass. And again, he's the leader of the Republican Party. You know, I think of somebody like an Amy Tarkanian, and I'm friends with Amy. I think she's a decent human being. I yes. don't always agree with her on politics and policy, but I believe Amy's a decent person. She's a, she's a good mother, a good wife. And you saw the things that Michelle Fiore said about her and some of these other Republicans out here, the personal attacks. Why? Because she didn't support Michelle Fiore because she supported a Democrat. You know, I applaud Amy Tarkanian for that. And again, don't always agree with her on a lot of issues, but she's a decent human being. Michael McDonald is a scumbag as far and, as and I'm she was actually a chairperson for the for the Nevada GOP. At one correct. Point. Correct. Uh, so some of the things I hear that's going on now, a couple of things is that now the Nevada GOP supposedly, allegedly is going to make it a uh, within their own ranks, a, a no, no to vote for Democrats. So if you do something like um, like myself, I voted for a Democrat in part of the races. I, mm-hmm. I admit that, right? Mm-hmm. I think we have to put the best person in, sure. not necessarily the party. And, and so I do that. I do that. But now if you vote Democrat and they find out about it, they're going to try to get you out of the party or make you not part of the, the state and local participation. So how do you feel about that? that well, it's, it's terrible. I mean, telling people how to vote now, they would turn this into a cult. I got to, I got to vote for you because you stand for, um, uh, you know, uh, you're pro-life. And so I need to vote for you because you're pro-life and a Republican or, you know, wh- how, what if I don't agree with everything you say? I, maybe I would rather vote for the Democrat. Or See, the I agree Democrat. with you. You made an interesting statement. You said it's turning into a cult. I'll tell you what, Bill, I okay. think it already is a cult. Maybe. I think when Donald Trump became the president of the United States, many in the Republican party, it turned into a cult. And, and we're going to get into this next segment, but you know, I don't see malarkey flags on the back of trucks. You know, those that support Biden, it's not a cult. I, I think it's turned into a cult. Local politics as well. You just mentioned that. You know, think about that. Somebody votes for a Democrat. 
You're, you're outed out of the party. You know, it's what they've done on a national stage when it comes to people like Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney and Mitt Romney. Uh, you know, you do the right thing and you vote to impeach Donald Trump and you're ostracized from the party. I mean, it just makes no sense and, to me. And look, we're going to have a caucus now. They're going to have a caucus because, that, you know, taking away the primary got voted down. So we're going to have a primary. And then two days after that, we're going to have a caucus. And that person is going to be the person that gets put forward uh, for the candidate for president in the yeah. GOP. And if you participate in the primary, I think I got this backwards. But if you participate in the primary, you're not allowed to participate in the caucus. So mm-hmm. that means you have to take a choice as to what do I participate in, the primary mm-hmm. or the caucus. You can't do both. So let me ask you this question, though. When it goes, Let's go back to Sam Brown for a moment. Uh, what do you think is going to happen here? You think he'll be charged with a crime, and do you think his campaign is going to be over, or do you think he's going to continue to run? What do you think is going to be the end result? Well, I don't have a crystal ball, but I can only hope that the FEC continues to investigate this and any other legal authority that can. And and there's a lot of other things about Sam Brown that people need to know about. Uh, there's been some East Coast newspapers getting in touch with me. Uh, we haven't done the interviews yet. You've seen some things from Steve Sanson on Veterans in Politics. You've seen some things by other people like Chuck Muth, who wrote a nice article based on the CNN piece this weekend. And uh, this is all hitting the press. He's going to scramble. They're going to they're going to try to put out the flames and tamp this down and squash it. But you got people like Steve Daines. You got Marshall Blackburn from Tennessee. You got Tom Cotton, who I believe was actually a, a paid for endorsement because a deal between Laxalt and Sam Brown, a gentleman's agreement, if you will, probably put that in place so that Laxalt could get some of Sam Brown's supporters. And in turn, when you run, Sam, I will give you, I, I don't know. I'm just speculating. Right. That, that, that Tom Cotton endorsement came in that, that mm. manner. And by the way, we talk about Mike McDonald's. I just learned yesterday. I think it's true. It could be wrong. Maybe we, I'll just put it as a question. Did Laxalt get his phone taken as well? I don't know that for sure. I have know you, that McDonald did. You, uh, have you heard it? I, I've heard that rumor, okay. but I don't Me know too. that for sure. I know 100% that McDonald did get his phone taken away, yeah. at least one of his phones. It wouldn't surprise me if that was the case yeah. with Adam Laxalt, who has been a brown noser for Donald Trump for God knows how long. What do you make of that? Um, since we're talking local politics now and we're going to get into the national stuff, but this is local and national, that Nevada was named in this indictment. Oh, a fake, I, I, a fake electorate oh, scheme. Oh, well, you? we already know what that's about. We know yeah. we had the fake electors that showed up in Carson City, got their picture taken. We see their pictures. We know who they are. And, um, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's a sad, it's a sad day for our state. It's a sad day for America. And, uh, these, uh, these folks are somehow drawn into this, uh, this indictment in some way, uh, whether they're named or unnamed co-conspirators. Um, there's probably been some deals made to give some immunity for some testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to go through this as a nation. I have to ask you this, though, Bill. I mean, you're a Republican who ran for U.S. Senate here. You, you, you're passionate about your local politics here. I think you're a good man. I want to know, you must take, I mean, listen, I'm just a radio host. I'm not a Republican. I've never run for office. Maybe one day I will. I don't know. But what do you make of this? I mean, this is your party that are involved in these scandals and, and allegedly breaking the law that we've talked about Mike McDonald. We've talked about some of these Looney Tune candidates. Now we're talking about Sam Brown for somebody like yourself, who's an honest man who, you know, uh, running for office. Do you take this personal? I mean, are they ruining the Republican party, at least locally? Well, I, I do take it personal. I'll tell you why, because I, I, I fought for this country just like the other right, veterans did. Right. And, and we fight for our liberty and freedoms. You know, our constitution, our bill of rights is paramount. I don't care what party you're from. You have to follow that. Mm-hmm. And and to have it destroyed, a mockery of it made by some of the Republicans. They're, you know, they're like greased pigs. They slide around. They try to get they're slippery when wet. You know, they can't be caught. Well, I think we're catching them now. 
And we're finally we're finally going to see some justice. Do you think Mike McDonald should have been prosecuted if, in fact, he was a part of this electorate scheme? Do you do, do you uh, think that he should have been prosecuted for that? Or are you OK with them giving him immunity, allegedly, for him spilling the beans? I don't know that he won't be prosecuted. He's got limited immunity. That word limited mm-hmm. is is what it sounds like. So right. there may be something going on that we just aren't privy to yet. No, I think it'll, all the dust will settle. It'll all come out eventually. But I, I know that people aren't comfortable right now. People are very squirmy in their seats. You got people, you got people running for senator, keeping yeah. a very low profile right now. Right. That are involved in some of that stuff. Who would and, you like to see to be the rep- the new Republican chair? Is there somebody that you could think of that say, you know what, he or she would do a really good job as as the Republican chair here? Who would that be? I honestly haven't put a name to it. I've I've, I've known some names that have come up, you know, yeah. recently in in Clark County, and and then also on the on the state level um, that we've had some past candidates before. I think all are, are well qualified. I haven't seen anything I've detected that makes me think that they're um, le- less qualified than, than say, well, McDonald. You know, I, I met up with you in Pahrump, and you kind of pers- you were one of the people that persuaded me to speak out against Michelle Fiore, which I was more than glad to do, even though I drove, you know, there and back. But it was fine. I got my two minutes. And um, what does it say about some of those Republicans that are on the, 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 the town councilmen, those out there in Pahrump, that voted in Michelle Fiore, to be a judge out there, what does that say about them? Well, I learned a lot. Uh, I tell you that. If, if anything, and you ran did, for that same seat, by the way. Well, it wasn't really running; it was an appointment. So right, we, right. We basically, right. throw her name in a hat. Sure, sure. Put out a resume, and there was about twenty people. Yeah. And this went on for four months until they until she lost her election for treasurer for the state. Mm-hmm. And I think that they felt that they needed to protect her and give her something to do to earn a living. It's a good paying job. She's probably ninety thousand or there, maybe a hundred. I don't know. It's and a, what experience does she have to be in that position? Uh, none that I know. <laughs> It's ridiculous. In fact, in fact, the state passed a law after she got appointed that you now must have a uh, a law degree. You must be an attorney. Well, yeah, I would agree with so that. So she wasn't an attorney. What about these councilmen and councilwomen there that that voted voted her in? What would you say to them? Well, uh, it. It's just a little unscrupulous. It's very suspect the way that they did it. We even had a problem. I wrote to the attorney general because she did not, in my viewpoint, have the residency requirement to file. She had the residency requirement to to be nominated once she had gone a couple of extra days. She felt like seven days short, in my opinion, of residency, but they slid it through anyway. Yeah. And what's more disturbing is one of the, one of the um, uh, commissioners had told me that they had investigated that angle of the law before the vote even happened as to mm-hmm. who they were going to put. So it was really a, uh, a, a fiasco. It was really a, a shell game of, of moving people around and making us go through 12 hours of a meeting. You, you yeah. were there. You saw yeah. how long that meeting went. I, I, I'd like to think that my two minutes was the most exciting part of that 12 hours. I liked I it. I think you did a good <laughs> job. I don't think the commissioners were happy with you. Yeah, um, well, screw them. But, I don't care. But, you know, when you do, when you, Somebody moves from Vegas to Nye County to yeah. take the job that they right. haven't earned yet, and they they get put into that job where somebody's been in the county for 20 years yeah. or 15 years, whatever the case may be. Who is a professional, by the way? We yeah. had attorneys applying that for that, that position. Yeah. But they're seen as not fit by the commissioners well, they for the job. They could have that corrupt city and shove it you know where. I mean, well, I, I go there once in a while to the Nugget because I have friends <laughs> that, that work there. Uh, I, I I don't go to the Bunny Ranches, I'll be honest. Yeah. I have not done that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I... I um, I play golf there once in a while. Uh, I have no interest. I would never want to live in that city. It's been recommended to me that I consider moving to Vegas or Clark County in general just to get away from Nye County. I like Nye County because of its yeah. environment. And I like the ruralness of it. And the small, I have motorcycles and dirt bikes. Okay. And I like to, yep. you know, I like to shoot my guns a little bit. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Second Amendment kind of guy, but I'm not a Second Amendment nut. 
Gotcha. And you can talk about that anytime you want gotcha. to with me. Sure, sure. Uh, so yeah, so I think I, we'll get into that. I, I have to move away from Nye County. I think if I want to be successful in, yeah. in politics, a lot of corruption out there, and I know some good people out there. I know some law enforcement people out there, and I do know some good people out there. But uh, that experience of, of 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 speaking in front of that those councilmen and councilwomen and the corruptness of of, of them and the idiocy of some of those people that were there, the stupidity. Uh, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't wait to get out of there. Didn't you use the term deliverance, the movie deliverance with Warren Beatty? <laughs> I believe I did. I believe I did. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. Listen, but I, mean, I better not get a ticket or anything because I don't think Michelle Fiore is going to get me out of a ticket anytime soon out there if I get pulled over out there. Just drive but, the speed limit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Bill Hochstedler. Uh He uh, is a Republican. He ran for U.S. Senator. And uh, we were talking about Sam Brown. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, what I want to do is I want to ask him some questions on the national front. Boy, there's a lot of stuff to talk about when it comes to Donald Trump, the four indictment that was just announced uh plenty of things to get to with mr hockstether when we come back we'll take a quick break we'll be back right after this you're listening to pushing the limits right here on kshp Everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? When you can be a hero, Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Sapphire Pool and Day Club, the world's only topless gentleman's day club, introduces its 2023 pool season lineup with a bevy of beauties and social media celebrities throughout the summer who will all host alongside hundreds of Sapphire's topless poolside entertainers. Enjoy brunch in the sun with items like frittata-style omelets, stripping chicken, and French kiss toast before washing it down with signature summertime cocktails. Ten lines, beware, go bear! Ladies are welcome to go topless within the day club for the ultimate party. Guests can purchase affordable day bed packages, cabana packages, lounge chairs, and more. The best part, though? Pushing the Limits will be broadcasting shows every other Friday throughout the pool season with a ton of surprise celebrity guests. Wow! Reserve your spot now. For more info, visit sapphirepoollv.com or call 702-869-0003. That's 702-869-0003. See you at Sapphire. 
right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at Jackson's Barn Grill, my favorite gaming bar in town, located at Flamingo and Jones. Great promotions. You know, they take care of people there. If you're uh, in uniform as law enforcement, uh, you get a free lunch out there. And uh, if you're in the service industry, working at a bar, bartending, waitress, waiter, whatever the case may be, you put $50 in the machine, you play through it. You don't have to lose it. Just play through it. You get $50 in free slot play. How cool is that? Great food, great atmosphere. Please check them out, Jackson's Bar and Grill, and tell Brian Slipak and his beautiful wife, Robin, that I sent you over there, Jackson's Bar and Grill. We've got uh, William Hochstedler in studio, a Republican who ran for U.S. Senate here in the great state of Nevada. We were talking a little local politics last segment. I want to get into some of the uh, national topics. Um, First of all, let me start with this, Bill, and thank you again for being here. Um, Talking points I hear from the right when it comes to Donald Trump and the indictments, you know, the other day, from people on the extreme far right, and I know you're not one of those people, but what I hear is two-tier justice system. What about Joe Biden? What about the Hunter Biden laptop? This is political prosecution. What do you say to that? Well, it's all deflection from the actual real problem. The real problem is with the people who committed the crimes that they've been alleged to have committed, and our justice system is going to resolve that. One way or the other, fair enough, right? Innocent until proven guilty, right. but we're going to resolve these issues. And and so the, the only thing they can do is, rather than come up with something of substance, they just have to accuse or have a grievance against the system. And that is actually anti-American. 91 charges that donald trump is facing some of them racketeering i mean you you look you go down the list some of these charges are very serious six months ago bill if somebody had asked me do you think uh, the former president's ever going to go to jail i'd say no probably not i gotta tell you i've changed my mind when you look at all the the serious charges that donald trump is facing and all the people that are most likely testifying against him i think mark meadows has already uh decided to take some sort of deal in the jack smith case Um, I think Donald Trump eventually is going to go to jail. Am I wrong in thinking that? I believe you are correct. Um, I don't think that anybody that has put these indictments forward, all of the indictments, would have wasted the public's time or energy or money to do this unless they knew they had a good case. And, you know, we have to trust their professionalism and their expertise to do so. So for them not to do so would be a failure on their part. I think he's going to go to prison. There are a lot of Republicans out there, though. I mean, we were just talking about Vivek, who, who you know, running running for president. I think he's like third in, in most polls. Mm-hmm. And he said that if he wins, and, and by the way, I think Vivek is an, is an extremely intelligent, articulate guy. Yes. Very educated. He said that if he becomes the president of the United States, he would pardon Donald Trump. Doesn't matter whether Donald Trump broke the Espionage Act. Doesn't matter whether uh, Donald Trump is convicted of racketeering. Doesn't matter. Vivek said that he would pardon Donald Trump. And I say to these Republicans out there, what if Joe Biden is convicted of a crime? By the way, there's no evidence to this point that Joe Biden has committed any crimes. But I'm just saying just for argument's sake, if Joe Biden, you know, accepted money from from foreign nationals uh, so his son could make money, whatever the case may be, I'm just putting that hypothetical out there. And by the way, again, there's no evidence that that's true. Would guys like Vivek pardon Joe Biden? If the answer is no, and I don't think Vivek would ever say that, then you're a hypocrite and you have no credibility. And, and what are we looking at now? Vivek says, I saw him in, in an interview on Fox News uh, with Neil Cavuto today, where he said, I want to move the country forward. So is his idea of moving the country forward, not holding former politicians to account? They could just do whatever they want and break the law. I mean, it's just to me, it's disgusting. Yeah, I've met Vivek. He's a nice guy when you meet him in person. But I I have to agree with you on your 
uh, dislike for the way that he's presenting himself to be able to pardon uh, former President Trump of any crime. If you think about it, his goal is to get elected. Mm-hmm. He wants to be elected. So right now, at this point, his electability in the primary depends on getting these the Republicans that believe in Trump to vote for him. Once he gets out of the primary, he can he can he can switch and turn around and do something. He can say something completely different. He's allowed to do that. It doesn't look good. It's not consistent. But his messaging is right now just to get through the primary. And I think we need to put more honest, ethical people through the primary yeah. to have a different viewpoint yeah. from the beginning yeah. uh, that don't want to, to you know, give their soul away right. just to be elected. But Bill, going back to Donald Trump, now he's saying they're having this uh, press conference that he's going to be holding on Monday and, uh, you know, uh, giving out all this alleged information of voter fraud in Georgia, which we all know is crap. But I, I, I compare this to the My Pillow idiot. What, what was his name? Uh, Mike Lindell. Like, yeah. The My Pillow guy. Remember, he, he had this big symposium and it was going to be on Newsmax and on every network. And it's going to prove to everybody that there was widespread voter fraud and Donald Trump won the 2020 election. Oh, and then he said he got hacked and we never saw that information. Uh, to this day, nobody's shown uh, any evidence of widespread voter fraud that could have changed the outcome of the 2020 election. And all of a sudden now, Donald Trump at 11 a.m. on Monday uh, is said that he's going to be spreading all this new information about the Georgia elections and how there was fraud. I think this is going to backfire right in his face. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, Donald Trump would do very well to be very, very quiet right now. And he's... Yeah, he's I don't think he's capable, yeah. Bill. <laughs> you know... Uh, he, he he has to be unhinged. Nobody could go through the amount of of um, scrutiny that he's gone through in the last several months and and be a sane person. He's actually become unhinged from from this activity, and um, he he needs to be quiet. I mean, he's he's going to get locked. He can gonna, be quiet. He's going to get locked up for contempt of court if he doesn't close his mouth. Yeah, and 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 I think he doesn't care. I think he would love that. I would think he would love to be arrested. Because Interesting, you it, say that it would make him a martyr for the Republicans that believe in him. I think he would do better being arrested than, than not being arrested. You know, it's so interesting that, uh, that you say that, uh, because, uh, we had a man on yesterday, uh, lost his daughter, uh, in the Parkland shooting and he's an activist now. And Fred Gutenberg is his name. And he he joined me on the show. Great man. Uh, and he said exactly what you just said, that it's almost like it appears that Donald Trump wants to be handcuffed. He wants to be the martyr. Oh, absolutely. He, want, he wants to be handcuffed. He wants that mugshot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, somebody called in yesterday to the show, and we'll open up the phone lines here in a few minutes at 702-221-7283. Somebody called into the show yesterday and said that Trump is getting stronger. Now, here's why I disagree with that, and I want to ask you, but here's why I disagree. I haven't found anybody that voted for Joe Biden in 2020 that's saying to themselves now, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to vote for that guy, Donald Trump. I don't think Donald Trump's getting any new fans. No, he's not. Um, and, and I'm not saying Joe Biden's gained popularity either, but I don't think the elections w- w- would end any differently. And, and Donald Trump is losing Republicans that he doesn't know about. All he sees is his base of his loyalists, loyalists but he doesn't see people like me. Right. Um, and and so I think that when it, when it comes crunch time, when it comes time to actually place that vote, He's going to see dwindling numbers that he didn't even fathom would be possible. He's, there's people like me that will not vote for him. Yeah. I, Donald Trump, I'm not voting for you if you're listening to this. I, but would you vote for Joe Biden as a Republican? Um, if 
if it's that Joe Biden versus choice. Donald Trump. Yeah. Is oh, Joe, is oh, Joe, if, if it was true, yeah, I would, I would vote for Biden. You would. And you're, would. and that's saying something because you're a Republican. I am a Republican. You're a lifelong Republican. But I'm not one of the Republicans that needs to follow the, the, the mantra of the state saying right. that if you vote Democrat, we're going to, we're going to get rid of you. I do you, mean, do you feel like though, Bill, there are a lot of Republicans out there that won't admit to what you just admitted to? There's a lot of Republicans out there that are not willing to say they would vote for Joe Biden over Donald Trump. I believe there are some because they're scared. Even I hesitated to answer your question, mm-hmm. right? And I'm pretty strong. Um, there are a lot of people that would hesitate because they don't know what kind of blowback they're going to get. You know, is my house going to get egged? Is somebody going to flatten my tire? You know, there's just there's so much reprisal for actually doing what's right. It, it's unbelievable what our country is turned I, and into. And in no way, shape, or form am I saying that Joe Biden is the perfect no. president. And by the way, I'm one of those people that said, and most Democrats don't want Joe Biden to run again. But let me ask you this. What would you say to the Republicans out there today that will back Donald Trump no matter what? What would you? What would be your message to them? Well, the, you know, I kind of gave a written statement the other day, and I think it lays out where the Republicans are today and what's wrong. I would say that, and, and, and I can read it for your, your viewer or your listeners real quick. Just take a second. Mm-hmm. I said, domestic terrorists previously known as Republicans openly ignore the crimes committed by their representatives and openly promote the idea that all lies are okay, even the crimes that are okay, as long as the lies were told, the First Amendment makes it lawful in their viewpoint. Right. No real American would support a candidate that openly lies, commits treason, steals from his own supporters, and openly defies all rules, laws, and normalcy. And then I go on to talk about Brown because that's what stimulated me to talk about this. Brown is simply following the playbook that the entire Republican Party has laid out. Right. Not a single member of the party is willing to stand up for the truth or the rule of law. The domestic terrorists must be squashed or this country is doomed. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, at a, we're at an inflection point right now where we have to change what we're doing in the Republican Party. We need Republicans like myself or others that are qualified to be in office, number one, that can articulate and speak and tell the truth. But the base of your party does not want people like you. They don't. They don't want moderate Republicans. They don't want Republicans that speak fact. They don't want Republicans with a moral compass. They'll say they do, but they don't. don't. When you look at the big faces of the Republican Party today, the Lauren Boeberts, the Matt Gaetzes, the Jim Jordans, the Kevin McCarthy's, these are people with no moral compass. And in no way, shape, or form am I saying that every Democrat is perfect either, because there are Democrats I don't think should be in office, like the Ilhan Omars, like the Talibs. But when you look at the most popular among the Republican base. They are extremist, MAGA cult Republicans. It, it, it depends on how extreme you are and how much money you can raise. And in the case of Brown, we were able to find a money raiser in him using him right. as a tool right. for the NRSC. Yep. Um, he's not going to win. He's not going to win, which means Republicans aren't going to win. Is there any chance that Donald Trump beats Joe Biden? No, if, absolutely not. You don't think there's any no, chance? No, there's no way. Yeah. This, this, this country would be destroyed if that happened. It would be. Well, I agree with you, but do you think there's a chance that Trump could still beat Joe Biden, though? No. You don't. No. I, I, and why I, do you say that? I, I believe in the American people when it gets down to the brass tacks of actually putting that check mark on that piece of paper. Yeah. Or however you end up voting. I don't think America can do it. What Republicans? I even think some MAGA Republicans will don't won't do it at the last minute. Well, what Republicans that are running are, are people that you could see yourself supporting that you would vote for? Anybody but Donald Trump. Anybody but Sam Brown. Mm. I mean, seriously. You would it, vote for Mike Pence? Um. Over Trump? Well, I just want to know what Republicans you would support. You know, okay, I'll tell you the ones I like. I, and, and, and I've met one of them. I've met Chris Christie. Now, 
He's not necessarily the most likable guy, but he has been standing up a little bit. I could vote for him. He's an okay guy. I've I met could him. vote for him. I've met him before. Yeah. We've talked. I've talked. I don't to, think. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, better late than but, ever. But, better late but, than ever. Yeah. But he's got he's got a likability image problem that he's dealing with, and Asa Hutchinson, who's a little bit older. He's I think he's seventy two. Another man who's a decent man. Decent guy. Yes. I said very early on to some of my uh, friends here in Las Vegas. Even I said, let's take a look at Asa Hutchinson, and he's he's a uh, plain spoken but articulate yep. guy. He he speaks truth. Two people that I could vote for. Those are the two I would so And I'm with you that, on that. It's interesting that you and I can agree on I, that. I agree on that. I think Hutchinson is a decent man. Don't always agree with him on policy, but he's a decent man. Chris Christie had some corruption issues in the past. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad that he is speaking truth now. And uh, I could vote for him over a lot of other Republicans that are running for office right yeah. now. So I can see that. I think that's reasonable. I've met Chris Christie's wife and himself in, in a setting, in a professional setting, right here in Las Vegas, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, very nice people. Uh, yeah, and, like, and I'll call them normal. People don't like me to use that word. I, he enabled, I consider them normal. He certainly enabled Donald Trump for a while there, but uh, I'm glad he's on the right side of history yeah, now. Yeah. Let's open up the phone lines. Uh, those of you that agree or disagree, uh, now's the time to call in. This is a live radio show. We're not just on social media doing a podcast. So if you want to be a part of the show, you have to call in. Here's the number if you want to call in. 702-221-7283. And again, if you want to join the program, 702 702- Two two one seven two eight three. What are we talking about? Well, we have a guy who ran for senator here in the state of Nevada, Republican, uh, very in tune with what's going on here in the Republican Party here locally and nationally. Uh, we're talking about Donald Trump now. We're talking about the fourth indictment that just came down. We're talking about this uh, press conference that Trump is going to be holding at 11 a.m. Uh, we're talking about Republicans defending Donald Trump, some using excuses, two-tier justice system. How come you're not going after Joe Biden? Then we hear a lot of Republicans out there saying he hasn't sent enough relief to Maui and he sends all this money to Ukraine. Uh, we're hearing all that stuff. Taking your phone calls, 702-221-7283 is the number to call if you want to be a part of the conversation. Why don't we start off with uh, Carl uh, first. Carl, thanks for calling in. Uh, go ahead and grab that headset, Bill. Go ahead, Carl. What's on your mind, my friend? Yeah, hi, Brian. Um, I didn't hear your show yesterday, but I had to leave when I finished talking to Doug Basham. And I mentioned that uh, Trump, uh, he's a very generous man, you know. He, uh, When he went to Puerto Rico, he threw out paper towels to people who were uh, hungry and didn't have homes that were destroyed. And then he mentioned he may be going to Hawaii to get some boats. He'll probably throw out toilet tissue or something like that when he gets there isn't that and interesting Carl? because thing. i put up a tiktok video yesterday it's oh you did? Quite, yeah uh, just about what you're talking about and i'll ask bill about this oh. too you know all these people say why isn't biden in maui why isn't he flying out there and biden answered and said i don't want to get in the way right. and it's, it's like these yeah. magas they think like if trump shows up at a disaster yeah. and he tosses toilet paper out and some MAGA hats, and maybe buys two people lunch at McDonald's, yeah. that somehow he's some sort of hero. No, that's what we call a photo op. Okay, Joe right. Biden is a good man. He said he's going out there with his wife, but right now he doesn't want to get in the way. No. Guess what? I agree. I agree. I think that's the right decision. Well, here's the biggest thing. I don't know if you remember, about uh, three, four, or five months ago, he went for a, a rally at a McDonald's down south. It was somewhere in the south. Yep. And he came in and he said, I'm buying, I'm buying hamburgers and everything for everybody. 
And when he was finished with his rally there, he walked out and didn't pay the bill. Shocker. And he interviewed the owner, and the owner said, Shocker. now I'm stuck with it. For the record, Bill <laughs> told me he's taking me to lunch today, and he did say he would take care of the bills, for the record. So I just <laughs> want to say, Carl, thank you so much for calling in, my friend. Okay. Appreciate you, buddy. You thank you. It. 702-221-7283 is the number to call. I believe we have Christopher that is next on the line. Hello, Christopher. Hello. Hi, Chris. Thanks for calling in. What's on your mind? Well, I I truly believe that uh, for, all in, for all it's worth, because I'm I'm not necessarily the most educated individual on the planet and politically not as versed as most people. But I can tell you, being raised as a Jehovah's Witness, which I am no longer a Jehovah's Witness, but being raised in a Christian faith, um, the fallacy of the Republican Party and their conservative beliefs goes completely against anything that's written in the Bible. Because... In reality, what they have done from the inception of this country is murder and steal. So their conservative values are a moot point, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And to try and push a religious belief on the public is heresy, according to their beliefs, to God. Because they've already, they've already disobeyed him. So I'm sorry, but there isn't a Republican candidate or a Republican congressman in the House or Senate that qualifies as one, a doctor for any woman's health issues and two clergy. I want to ask you as a religious man, what went through your mind? I'm not religious. uh, What went through your mind when Donald Trump held a Bible backwards in front of a church and, you know, you know, made that as some sort of photo opportunity. Uh, and this is a guy who many people on the evangelical rights continue to support. I'm not sure you could find a bigger sinner than this man who's the former president. What would you say to the evangelical right and those who will support Donald Trump no matter what? Well, the fact that he held the Bible one upside down. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you know, and then pushing people, protesters, out of the way with military right? just goes to show you what Christianity and basically all religion is based on, which is terror for those who believe differently. Okay? Yeah, I don't disagree. And, and the fact that they make money on the identity of God yeah. is also uh, concerning, because yeah. believe it or not, if Christianity and all religions, all churches in America paid their taxes on all of those donations, the free welfare money that the leaders of these religions are giving to the GOP, they need to be taxed if they're going to play politics. It is interesting, isn't it, that uh, those who, uh, at least some who who preach religion every day, are some of the biggest sinners of them all. Christopher, it's good to hear from you, and I appreciate your call, sir. sir. You call back any time, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you for your for your uh, your show. I absolutely. I I appreciate you watching, sir. Thank you so much, Bill. Any comments on that? That was an interesting phone call from a man who's a religious man, but he's calling out 
you know, those within the Republican Party for, I guess, they're, 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 they're hippo- hypocrites. Yeah, you know? the, the, the overall thing that I caught from that, uh, and I listened to every word, was the, the fact that money came into this. The root of, of, of all evil is money in some, you know, we've heard that before. And anything you're dealing with, whether it be with religion or yep. politics or anything else, mm-hmm. the world somehow has to revolve around money and power. And I just don't believe that that should be the ultimate goal. Yeah. You know, politics is power. in Las Vegas has issued a flash flood warning for San Bernardino County in Southern California, Southern Clark County in Southern Nevada until 4.30 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. At 1.19 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, Doppler radar indicated thunderstorms producing heavy rain within the York Fireburn area. Up to 0.5 inches of rain have fallen. Flash flooding is ongoing or expected to begin shortly. Hazard, life-threatening flash flooding. Thunderstorms producing flash flooding. Source, radar. Impact, life-threatening flash flooding of low water crossings, creeks, normally dry washes and roads. Some locations that will experience flash flooding include the York Fireburn area. Move away from recently burned areas. Life-threatening flooding of creeks, roads, and normally dry washes is likely. The heavy rains will likely trigger rock slides, mudslides, and debris flows in steep terrain, especially in and around these areas. Turn around. Don't drown when encountering flooded roads. Most of flood deaths occur in vehicles. And it's interesting. Uh, these days, if you if you say anything negative about Donald Trump to a MAGA, they'll call you a liberal. They'll call you a libtard. They'll call you a lefty. They'll call you a socialist. Uh, but, um, you know, all I try to do is I try to speak the truth. There's going to be opinions, right? I have my opinions, but um, I try to speak the truth. And if Joe Biden committed any crimes, indict him. If Hunter Biden committed any crimes, indict him. Donald Trump... It's been proven by a jury of his peers multiple times now that there was enough evidence to indict him. And he's been charged with 91 crimes, I believe, 91 different types of crimes, felonies. And now he'll have an opportunity in the United States of America to defend himself. He'll have that opportunity. That's what this country is all about. If there's evidence, then you need to be held to account. But you always are presumed innocent until proven guilty in a court of law, and Donald Trump should be treated like everybody else. He's not being treated like everybody else. I can tell you right now, uh, he probably would be in jail by now, but uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens here. But, you know, everybody should be treated fairly. Uh, And yes, Donald Trump is innocent until proven guilty. I do think eventually he will be convicted. I agree. TK, I appreciate the phone call. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate that. Uh, 702-221-7283. Uh, we're joined in studio by Bill Hochstedler, a Republican who ran for U.S. Senator here in the state of Nevada, calling out other Republicans, uh, which I always appreciate. 702-221-7283. Let's go to Jeff. Jeff is next on Pushing the Limits. Hi, Jeff. What's going on? Bruh. How you doing, Jeff? Bruh. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Bruh. Okay. Well, I, I I think we have a recording of someone saying Brian instead of instead bruh. of instead of somebody that actually what is it saying? Bruh. He's saying bra. 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 Oh, okay. 
Uh, you know, I used to do that when I was eight years old, Bill, and I would have a soundboard in front of me. And I, I don't know if you remember Cleo. Uh, do you remember Cleo, the uh, the uh, fortune teller? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and when I was eight years old, I used to make prank phone calls with a soundboard with Cleo. Something tells me that that person who just called in is an, is actually an adult doing that, so I find that fascinating. Uh, I don't know. Is that a MAGA supporter? I don't know, Bill. What do you think? What are the chances that that's a MAGA supporter? Uh, very likely. Yeah, very <laughs> likely. Very likely. <laughs> 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Let's go to Ellie. El- Elliot, I'm sorry. Elliot is next. Hello, Elliot. Truthfully, I think that Jeff had a really decent point. Uh, we need to, you know, look past the absurdity uh, that the left is trying to push on us, portraying us as such evil people. We should be free and able to support who we want. Like, truthfully, doctor said I should get that scratchy, itchy checked out. I'm okay, thank you that. very much for the phone call. I appreciate that. If you're going to have fun and make jokes, then we do talk about serious topics on this show. So I, 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 I hope you get that itch take care of, though. I really do. 702 221 Seven two eight three is the number to call. Let's go to David. David is next on pushing the left. What's up, David? Uh, what's going on with you? A quick question: With the RICO in Georgia and the possibility of him being convicted, because they only have to convict of two out of one hundred sixty-one, uh, and the possibility of him actually going to prison, going to jail, is there any fear? Do you think of him running? Uh, fear of him running? Green. Uh, Say that again, because you, your phone cut out there. Fear of him running what? Is there any fear of him fleeing? You know, that's interesting you bring that up. Um, probably not, but there are some people that have made that statement, like, what if he just leaves the country? I don't think that's going to happen. First of all, Donald Trump is the most recognizable person in the world, so it'd be really tough for him to do that, number one. Uh, so so I guess my answer to that would be no. I, I don't think he's well, going I mean, to would, would Would Russia, I mean, like, him going to Russia or say China or North Korea. Yeah, I, I mean, I hear I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I, I just my answer to that is no. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's staying put. I think his hope is that he wants to be the next president of the United States so that he can pardon himself and everybody else around him. But uh, I don't think he's going anywhere. So, no, that's not really my concern. My bigger concern is violence, him inciting violence. Right. You know, that's my bigger concern. Well, he can't pardon state. That is true. That is true. You're right on that. Um, but I think what's going to happen here, and I could be wrong on this, I think there's going to be some sort of plea deal made in many of these cases where he doesn't see actual jail time, but he could never run for office ever again. That That's what I... He's going to be a convicted felon. I believe Donald Trump is going to be a convicted felon. I don't think he's going to go to jail. He certainly could. And we'll have to wait and see how this thing plays out. But it's going to be a really wacky and strange next 12 months or so, 14 months. That's for sure. Yeah, most definitely. I'm interested. I hope, uh, I hope it's the uh, Georgia should be televised. Yeah. They allow cameras. I believe it will be, right, Bill? I think it they is. said, I think they yeah, said they, it will they, be televised. They've already agreed that it will be televised, which yeah. I think is great for the yeah. American people. I agree with you. I think and he's got to get his mugshot taken. Yeah, I I, uh, I I heard that. He's definitely going to get his mugshot taken. He's going to get getting handcuffs on him. Donald Trump is going to use that as probably a campaign poster, and I think many MAGAs will see him as some sort of champion because they're sick. But, uh, yeah, he will get a mugshot, and I want him treated like everybody else. Exactly. Yep. Amen, brother. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thank Appreciate you. It. Yep. Bye-bye. Bill, are you worried that what that caller just said, that uh, he could flee? 
I'm not worried about that. I, I do understand the the concern. You know, would Russia take them in? Would North Korea take them in? Would China take them in? I, I don't see that happening. I just just flat out just yeah, that. Yeah, I don't see that happening either. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. Joined by Bill Hochstedler in studio, Republican running. He ran for U.S. Senator. And uh, we'll take some more of your calls on the other side, 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, is 702 702- Two two one seven two eight three. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Gwynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Sapphire Pool and Day Club, the world's only topless gentleman's day club, introduces its 2023 pool season lineup with a bevy of beauties and social media celebrities throughout the summer who will all host alongside hundreds of Sapphire's topless poolside entertainers. Enjoy brunch in the sun with items like frittata-style omelets, stripping chicken, and French kiss toast before washing it down with signature summertime cocktails. Ten lines, beware, go bear! Ladies are welcome to go topless within the day club for the ultimate party. Guests can purchase affordable day bed packages, cabana packages, lounge chairs, and more. The best part, though? Pushing the Limits will be broadcasting shows every other Friday throughout the pool season with a ton of surprise celebrity guests. Wow! Reserve your spot now. For more info, visit sapphirepoollv.com or call 702-869-0003. That's 702-869-0003. See you at Sapphire. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. 
mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Hey, everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Whether you're a corporate executive, on a family vacation, or just passing through, St. George Inn & Suites will meet your specific needs. It's conveniently located near restaurants, shopping, and movie theaters. St. George Inn & Suites offers a variety of room types, two fabulous pools and jacuzzis, a fitness center, a free full hot buffet breakfast, and laundry facilities. To make your booking, call 435-673-6661 or book online at stgeorgeinnhotel.com. You need to stop in Southern Utah? Make that stop at St. George Inn & Suites. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining us. Programming note, we will be at uh, Sapphire, the pool at Sapphire, believe it or not. We will be there on Friday. Brian Salmon from Channel 3 Sports will be joining us. Rhonda Kennedy, who's running for senator, has agreed. She was just on Fox News earlier today. She's going to be joining us out there, so I give her credit. Update on a score. I have a very, very, very good update. Oh, no, I have a bad update. Excuse me. Uh, Rhode Island's up 3-1. Is that is that the right score that I have here? Okay. 3-1, top of fifth. Oof. All but, right. But Henderson just hit a home run, so it is 3-1. Okay, good. And how many innings are there in these games? Is it how many? In minor in uh, in little league, is it seven? I, I don't think? know. I don't know the rules. I forget what it is. Well, we hope that the Henderson Little League team can uh, come back and, and get Rhode Island. I grew up pretty close to Rhode Island in Connecticut, by the way. But I'm not rooting for Rhode Island. I'm rooting for my good friend, the manager of the team, Chris Petty, and this wonderful Henderson team. So it's going to take some heroics here in the latter innings. But we'll wait and see what happens here. Again, uh, thank you to uh, my sponsors, Jackson's Bar and Grill. One of them, uh, we might be heading out there for some lunch a little bit later today. Uh, located on Flamingo and Jones. Great uh, promotions there. Great food, great atmosphere, great people, and a great place to play. Jackson's Bar and Grill, located on Flamingo and Jones. Uh, we've got uh, Bill Hoxtedler in studio. Ran for office as a senator representing the great state of Nevada as a Republican. We talked uh Earlier in the show, a little bit about Sam Brown and and, uh, the ridiculousness of some of Law's campaign finance violations that he may have broken. We'll have to wait and see how this thing plays out. Let's talk a little bit about Maui, Bill, if we may. Um, Again, 
start out by by saying this and and it goes you know obvious right that if you're a decent human being this is horrible and it's such a tragedy and my heart goes out to all the good people of Maui and, and the struggles that they are facing right now I can't even imagine you, you you didn't get a chance to say goodbye to your loved ones you, you don't even get their remains I mean it's just a, over a thousand people that are missing and I would imagine most of those people will never be found uh, it's it's just absolutely atrocious it's terrible. right and that the actions are correct so to blame it on biden would be to blame his entire team and that's not right we know that's not happening biden's doing everything that's humanly possible from his perspective remember that's 700 dollars. that's just the initial volley that's just what we're doing right now today what's going to happen next week and the week after we don't know it's going to probably get much more intense mm-hmm. and it's going to be much more uh, uh generous if you will yeah. once we've been able to sort out the details one of the things you have to do in, a, in an emergency is you also have to prevent prevent fraud right so there's all kinds of fraudulent claims that are going to come up. You got to prevent that. You have to have checks and balances to protect the American people from fraud. Of, of there, there's going to be scammers out there everywhere doing things. Right? I lost my home. They didn't even have a home. That kind of thing. Sure. So we got to eliminate the confusion. He's doing, I think, what's right. He's doing it methodical. He's timing it right. He doesn't want to be on scene too early. Uh, I certainly, if I were living in Maui, the last thing I'd want to see is Biden or Trump. Uh, on my doorstep while my house sure. is still smoking yeah. and I'm looking for my, my family. Right. Um, these people walked out of their houses, some of them with the clothes on their back, and that's all they were able to take mm. to save their lives. That's how fast they had to get out. So I, I think the response is appropriate. You know, what do you make of the governor of the state of Hawaii? Uh, he's been blaming global warming. He's been taking a little slack for that. I guess the big issue is that the people in this small city – or town in Maui, they didn't get any warning signals. They didn't get any any type of warning at all. Like they like usually you have that set in place in case there's a tsunami coming. You, right. you would have those types of warnings. At least they'd give you the extra se- every second counts. Not only did they not get that, my understanding, but the, again, the governor is blaming global warming for it. What do you make of that? Well, I, I don't. I'll, I'll address the global warming piece second, but I want to talk about the warning signals that were given for a tsunami. I think I heard, and I'm not an expert on this, but what I understand is that a tsunami warning would make people seek higher ground. And in the case of a fire, I think the fire was moving into higher ground, so it would have actually driven the people towards the fire, mm. or the people would be trapped okay. by the fire. I think that's the reason that that wasn't given. Okay. Um, again, I'm not an expert, but I believe that's what I've heard. Sure. Um, so that makes sense. But yeah. you do, you should have some alternative me- methods to right. get, get the word out to people. Um, as far as global warming, um, again, I'm not an expert on that. I, I, I believe that we need to do more. 
uh, environmentally to prevent global warming or other catastrophes. We may be beyond saving, you know, the situations from higher sea levels and winds and intense hurricanes. Who knows what's going to happen with our uh, cyclical weather patterns? I'm not a meteorologist. Mm-hmm. But if there's anything that we can do, we should do it. I'm not a tree hugger, uh, but I do believe that we should be doing things to help the earth heal yeah. from any damages that may have been done. It's just, you know, when you hear of families losing losing loved ones and losing their livelihood and, and loss of life and then loss of all your property and, and everything, uh, losing your job, not knowing how you're going to work, how you're going to make money. You know, the first thing that I think of is the people, the good people. And there's such wonderful culture there and close-knit families. And just uh, for the first time in my life, I went to Hawaii a few years ago. I, I was just amazed at the kindness and, and the people out there. And um the first thing that enters my mind is we need to be there for them. And I, I think about the loss of life and, 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 and how horrible this is. And it seems to me that, again, when I talk about the alt-right, some on the alt-right, you know, the, the first thing they want to do is score political points and attack the Biden administration. Right. And I see the headlines on Fox News, locals in Maui attack the Biden administration. I'm like, dude, why don't we talk about how we can help the people there? And instead yeah. of trying to score political points, I just think it's so disgusting. Never, never, never let a tragedy go to waste for an opportunity to slander the other side or, yeah. or pick on them. So, yeah, we, we, we need to do a better job of, of uh, leadership needs to come into play when it comes to those kind yeah. of things. Make sure we don't send the wrong messages. And listen, when there are um, mass shootings, Republicans will claim that Democrats are trying to score political points. I think wanting to put policy on the book is not trying to score political points. It's trying to make the country safer. We can disagree with how we get there when it comes to gun control. Right. But when there's another, you know, school mass shooting and Democrats say, you know, enough is enough. We need to do, you know, you can disagree with how we get there, but Republicans make the claim that Democrats are trying to score political points. And I just don't see it that way. I just think they're trying to make America safer. Right. right. And, and a lot of, pro- a lot of Republicans will scream that they're coming for our guns. Nobody's taking our guns away. Nobody's taking our guns away. Now, there may be certain types of guns that are taken away and they say, oh, well, if you give them an inch, it'll take a mile. Um, I don't necessarily believe that. I think we need to have safe gun acts in place to make sure that people are safer. It's one of the things a lot of people don't know about me, even my closest friends and allies right here in Las Vegas, that my family was a victim of, of, of gun violence back in the 70s, resulted in death of a very, very close family member back in 1976. I'm sorry to hear that. That's terrible. And, and, um, Gun violence takes on all kinds of forms, and even to the to the best of families or the, or whatever. I lived in a great neighborhood, upper middle class, you know that type of thing, and we were still a victim of gun violence, uh, right there in my town, right there in Virginia. So what? I'm so sorry to hear that. I didn't know that. That's no, nope, not nobody. You're first person I've yeah, actually that's told. That's terrible. Them. That's yeah. awful. Yeah. And, and I just feel like Bill that we are live in a culture in this country of people that are obsessed with their guns. Yeah. I think everybody should have the right to defend themselves. And I and I own a gun. Yeah, and that's okay. I don't have a yeah. problem with that. Yeah. But I think we right. are in a culture where per, I think it's per 100 people, we have 140 guns in this country. And I don't think it's a coincidence, the reason why we have so much gun violence in this country, because I believe we have too many guns. And I believe we are a country that is obsessed. And I understand that you have your uh, rights when it comes to the right to bear arms. And I get that. But the Constitution was also written when we had something called muskets. Technology changes. Times change. 
I don't believe that assault weapons, uh, I don't believe that AR-15s, I don't believe that an 18-year-old should, uh, should be allowed to walk into a gun store and buy a bunch of AR-15s and thousands of rounds of ammunition. Uh, I believe we need to, uh, yes, we need to prosecute those and, and we need to go by the laws that are on the books now, but I think we need stronger red flag laws. I think it should be 18 to 21. I think we should have another assault weapons ban. Is that going to end all the gun violence in this country? Of course not, but I do think there are things we can do that can save lives, and I just don't see any solutions being brought forth by Republicans other than locking our schools and arming teachers. Like, I don't see anything reasonable that Republicans are coming up with. Right. And you've, have, you, have you ever been to countries where they do lock down the schools and you have armed guards in, in, at the schools? Yeah. I mean, they do that in some of the European nations. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's just terrible that our children have to grow up that way. Uh, it, was just, it wasn't that way when I was a kid. No, neither it was. It was I mean, I remember Columbine happened when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seemed to be the string of uh, starting the string of, of horrible mass shootings in schools. But it's not just schools. It's happening all over the country. I mean, what do you think should be done? What do you think Republicans and Democrats can do together to, to, to do something about this? Well, I think I think we have to have a consensus. We have to get together and have sensible conversation and have a good discussion about what needs to be done. We have to have uh, more of the, uh, the non-extremists discuss these things. And we have to we have to be less extreme left and right about what to do. Um I, I, I'm not about taking people's guns away, but I do need, need I, we need to look at mental health. We really, really need to look at that. We need to look at access of certain types of weapons and what for, especially when it comes to high capacity or ammunition. Now, I'm not a, I'm not opposed to standard capacity, which a lot of guns have 15 round, 20 round, whatever, even a 30 round. But, you know, when you get these things that have 150 rounds, these big drums and barrels that you can attach to a pistol, I mean, it's ridiculous. Who needs 150 rounds of pistol I ammo? No, I, I agree so, with you. When we talk about mental illness, as you know, you know, there are mentally ill people all over the world. So why is it that we have this problem that is so large in this country? Why is it this country? Well, it boils down to the fact that as a country, I believe that our opportunities for success in this country are being degraded. So one of the number one thing, if I were running, and I'm not running right now, but if I were to run, I would think that we need to have better opportunities for people. If you have better opportunities, that results in income, less less uh, uh, differences between the rich and the poor. Uh, I'm not saying that we need to be a homogenous society, but we need to make sure that we don't have extreme people that are, have no way out. They're backed into a corner. They, they've lost their relationships with their family. They've lost their jobs. They have no money. They have no food. They have to rob a bank or they have to do a crime of some type. To, to feed themselves or to buy drugs. I mean, we have to eliminate drugs. We have to eliminate all the things that cause opportunity loss. So if we had better opportunities in this country for people to succeed in life, I think all the other things will heal themselves. Less crime, less, less, um, you know, less problems with the economy. Um, people have an access to good health care. People have access to food and water and shelter. Those are the big things that we need. And I think that that's sorely missing in some some segments of our population. Certainly, um, the homeless issue, it, it's all over the country. Uh, big issue in California. Uh, we have plenty of homeless people here, particularly downtown. So what California, at least parts of California, what they've implemented in certain zones is they're, they're getting these homeless people off the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, in return, they have to destroy their tent, and they're only allowed, I believe, two bags of their own personal possessions, and then they get into these motel rooms. Some of these motel rooms uh, have been closed for a while. Some of them haven't even been open, and they're, they're using taxpayer money to reopen some of these motel rooms so they have a shower, they have a room to sleep in, they have a bed. I think this is actually a good idea because for two reasons. Number one, you're helping these homeless people. Uh, you're getting them warm water and, and, and shelter. 
and hopefully they can get their life together and, and get the help that they need. And number two, you're cleaning the streets and you're making the streets uh, safer. Right. And yet I hear Republicans complaining about this also. Yeah, I, I, I hear your point. And I think it's a great idea, too. I've driven through downtown Los Angeles. There's a couple of streets. I can't remember the numbers on. You drive around the corner and you hit that street. You go, oh, my God. There's there's tents on both sides of the street and there's feces. I mean, it's just terrible, terrible. Yeah. unbelievable. How would you walk your children through there? How would you, you walk your pet? You can't. And as a grown man, I wouldn't want to walk there in the daylight. Right. Uh, so it's good that they're getting the people off the streets that want that help and to get off. And I think it's I, I think it presents an opportunity for a percentage of them to maybe get beyond homelessness. You know, if you have running water, if you have a place to take a bath, if you have a place to sleep that's safe for them and safe for society, then maybe they'll get a job and, and, and maybe they're hireable or maybe they can be fixed and groomed and educated and, and, and spruced up a bit so they can get a start. That's the things that they need. You can't get that in a tent on the street. So you're right. Uh, I think converting those those buildings to be used for the homeless is a is a good. We'll call it a band aid. Yeah, I, we'll I, I mean, I mean, I think it's a start. Yeah, yeah I think it's absolutely. a start. It's not the end all, but I do think it's a start. And uh, we'll have to see uh, what happens here. I didn't really ask you about uh, the mayor here and those that are running to be the next mayor of the city of Las Vegas. Any thoughts on that? What are your thoughts? on uh the current mayor how she's done and uh there's anybody that you'd support to take her place um i I don't have any thoughts on the current mayor i I have heard that uh i know and again i live in Knight county so i don't vote in vegas sure um but shelly berkeley Mm -hmm. victoria seaman they've both been in studio a guy named doc uh doc walls doc walls has been in studio doc's a good guy Mm -hmm. um i'm not sure how it's going to shake out i think that um in my opinion i think that shelly berkeley will probably win from a you know popularity and being well known and all that um but uh, I think all the candidates are probably qualified. It's just how the vote's going to turn out. And I'm not able to participate. What in did that. you think of um, Oscar Goodman's tenure? Um, I don't know much about Oscar, to be honest with you. Again, I don't live in Vegas, so mm-hmm. I didn't follow it that closely. I understand. But, I mean, he's a, you know, some would call him a controversial figure. I actually like the guy. I think he's pretty honest. Yeah. Uh, I think his wife has done an okay job. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like her interview on Anderson Cooper CNN. I thought that was embarrassing. But other than that, I think she's done okay. Yeah. Um, there are some... Decent people in this city. I thought Steve Sislak is a decent man. I've met Steve. I've yeah. met Steve. I thought he was a decent guy, too. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> we filed at the same time. When he filed for the governor's race, I was filing for the U.S. Senate. Yeah. And we were actually in the in the same office where, where the filing is at. And they had, he had reporters around him. Of course, I didn't have anybody. And he came up and shook my hand. And he said, uh, you can you can beat Adam Laxalt. And I said, oh, I, I wish I could. Because he didn't understand that I was way down on the list as far as I, I don't have any money. I yeah. don't have any experience. It's my first time I ran for anything. Um, but but some, for some reason, he either knew my name or at least I appeared like I was professional yeah. and, and, and spoke well. And so he, he came up and shook my hand. And I appreciate that. And I've yeah. seen Steve at a couple other events since then. What do you I, make of Lombardo? Um, I like Joe. Um, I, I think that he's probably um, made a few missteps with the, with the current or the past legislation sessions that we just had. And I think there's some things that are controversial among the base in Nevada that voted him in. Um, I, I, I see him as a guy that has worked his way up from the, basically the bottom, uh, an American dream, you know, went through the military as an enlisted guy, I believe. And, and, uh, like myself, I'm enlisted, um, made, made good, uh, made sheriff and then got on into being governor. I think he's, uh, um, well-spoken, um, but not the perfect governor. Nobody can be perfect, right? So. I don't, yeah, I don't think he's perfect, but I, no, when no. he won, I, I, I listen, I'll be honest with you. I voted for Steve Sisolak, but 
when he won, I didn't think that the sky was going to fall. Oh, no, 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 I don't think Lombardo no. is this horrible MAGA guy because oh, he's, no, he's, he's not. not. He's not. He's absolutely not a MAGA no, guy. No, no. And uh, and I'll, I'll say this: I think Sheriff McMahill is ph- phenomenal. I think he's a great sheriff. Kevin, I think he's doing a great job. Kevin McMahill. Kevin doing, is great. Yeah. I've, I've been to his house. I've been to a fundraiser at his house. Met him. Talked to him. Had a few uh, few hors d'oeuvres and stuff, and spent some time with him. Um, I Good like dude. Him. I like yeah, him he's lot. he's done this show multiple times. I remember when he when he first announced that he was going to run. I, I said, "You're going to win." Mm-hmm. And you're going to do a great job because yeah. he's fair. Yeah. Uh, and listen, there's always going to be smearing here and there. Uh, but uh, I, I've always liked Kevin. And I think he's the right man for the job, especially at this time. And I think he's doing a great job. Yeah, and I, and I hope he stays in it. You know, yeah. we, we're going to have another election for governor. And I don't think every sheriff should become governor. I think it, this was a unique circumstance for uh, mm-hmm. Lombardo. And um, uh, we hope for the best. Yeah, I'm just glad we don't have an extremist as our governor. Right. I don't consider Lombardo one of those people. There are those across the country, Ron DeSantis being one of them. Uh, What do you make of DeSantis, by the way? DeSantis is a train wreck. His numbers have gone down. I don't think DeSantis could even win the governorship in Florida again. He is a a person who is highly intelligent and says what he thinks you want to hear. However, he's not personable. He's, He's a person that's easy to be... Uh, not liked. Um, I put him in the same. Well, Adam Laxalt's on his team, and that, shocker. That I mean, I, I don't want to say anymore. Uh, I just think that that's a, a a bad situation for America. Yeah, and, I, uh, I don't disagree with you. And he's not. He's not going to be. He's not going to be the nominee. When, he will when, not be. When, when he's asked about how do you end the war in the Ukraine, I mean, you know, Donald Trump will say, "Oh, I can end it in a day." We all know he's full of crap. And then when Ron DeSantis is asked about it, he brings up gender ideology. I mean, it's just like you can't make this stuff up. It's so absurd. He's such yeah. a buffoon. Yeah. You you can't make this stuff up with him. You are right. His numbers are. Continuing to, he's, he's to drop. Tanking. The tanking. more that people get to know this guy, Ron DeSantis, the more they just. And I'm, by the way, I'm not talking about Democrats. I'm talking about Republicans. How many? How many buffoons do we need in office? <laughs> yeah, quite a few. <laughs> uh, there's quite a few, and uh, DeSantis is also losing by 20 points to the guy who's now facing four indictments. So, what does that say about Ron DeSantis? Not good. Yeah. Well, Bill, I really do appreciate you being here. Thank you very much. Been a lot of fun. We'll, we'll continue to monitor the Sam Brown situation. If anything changes, of course, you're you're welcome back anytime. And, uh, you know, if I, I know that uh, there's if you want to give a little bit, I know you're not running for office, but if you want to give any information out how people can maybe follow you on social media. Or, sure. You know. Yeah. So my my prior website still exists. It's victory 2022.org. I think you can go dot, dot com as well. It should redirect to that victory 2022.com victory 22.org. Um, the site's still there because it has information about me. My donation page is still there. Unlike Sam Brown, I left my candidate filing the same number and all of the contributions that go to pay off my debt, which is $11,000, that's all I got to get back to zero, um, is is actually filed correctly. And you're not breaking the law. Which I'm not is, breaking the law. It's all filed under the primary which, for 2022. Which is a good thing. I just <laughs> want to give people a quick update on uh, Little League World Series. Henderson, unfortunately, they are down 3-1. And I believe we're in the sixth inning, if I'm not mistaken. So, oh boy, it's getting down to the nitty-gritty. Uh, continue to monitor that score. Hopefully we can talk about a come behind, come from behind win tomorrow. Thanks for joining us, everybody. My thanks to uh, Bill Hochstedler for joining us. Always fun when he comes in. And uh, we will see you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great day. 